Hey guys, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. This is your host, Wren, and I am so glad that you are here to listen. Every time I get to interview or chat with a friend that has a story, I just get so encouraged. So I just want to share that with you. Today, my guest is Leslie Hollowell. Leslie is married to her husband, Ronnie, and they have a four-year-old son named Hudson. She has been super involved with girls' ministry over the years and also in the counseling department at our church. Leslie talks about her story of getting married later in life, walking through infertility, and eventually adopting through embryo adoption. You may kind of wonder, what is that really about? She shares with us all the details about that, and I know you will be encouraged about her story. So here is our conversation. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, this is the Friends of a Feather podcast, and on this episode, I get to interview and talk with a friend of mine, and her name is Leslie. So hey, Leslie, welcome. Hey, Rand. Thank you for having me. I'm kind of excited. It's fun. I know. And I'm so excited that I've now figured out the video part of Skype, so now I get to see my friends when I'm talking to them, so it's even that- more fun. <laughs> It's more fun. That is fun to put a face while you're Yes, talking. exactly, exactly. So um, we're just going to chat, and um, we hope that you will be encouraged today by hearing Leslie's story about her family. And so I just want to kind of start and back up. And How did you and your husband meet? I know you were in um, Young Women's Ministry before you met, I, I believe. So tell me a little bit like before, of your story of um, what you were doing before you met your husband and then kind of how y'all met. Well, um, just to preface that, I didn't get married till I was 38, so I had a long little waiting period there. When I was 35, the Lord rerouted me from Alabama as an elementary school teacher to Memphis, Tennessee to be the director of girls' ministry. And um, during that time, you know, I prayed, okay, God, he's got to be here. You know, mm-hmm. I had to, well, my husband prayed for him. And um, one night at a junior-senior banquet. Do you remember that? I do. Did you do the the junior-senior banquets? Yeah, in the student ministry. And uh, Ronnie was doing photographs. He was doing all the pictures for the thing. Okay. Okay. And so he actually came up to me afterwards and was like, well, I've seen you around for nearly a year, so I'm just going to introduce myself to you. Oh, I love that. And so that was kind of our first introduction. Okay. I was over the girls 6th through 12th grade, and then I ended up in college the last year um, before I stepped down. And um, so, yeah, I was there as kind of a mentor and helping put the event together. I I didn't really have a clue what I was doing Um, at that event, but I just remember I was taking up all the information of the the people there, and that's when he came up afterwards. So it was pretty cool. I appreciated the fact that no one introduced him. He actually was yeah. himself. Totally. Sometimes that doesn't happen in this world. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. I love that. He had the guts to do it. Yes. Yay. Sure. Okay, so y'all, inter- so he introduced himself, and then you, did y'all start, like, a relationship right away, or is it friendship, or you saw each other around, or how did that... He actually came to the office a few weeks later to bring all the pictures, and he sat in my office, and he got my phone number, Mm -hmm. but um, that was probably May or June of 2006, and I did not hear from him until September, so I kind of wrote him off. Okay. Um, But in reality, he'd kind of been seeing somebody else, and he needed to make sure that Uh I had ended and all of that before he he reached out. Um, That's good. So. 
So y'all um, met, you dated, you got married. You said you were 38. Was he older also? Was. I was 38 when we met. Well, one month away from 38. Funny story is I told him we were getting married before my, my 38th birthday, just so I could say I got married when I was 37. And now I'm always like, well, I was almost 38. So yeah. It really matter. But yeah, got married in April before I turned 38 in May. Okay. So, oh, yeah. One month shot. That's awesome. I love yes, it. Okay. Yes. And so he, he was 42 when we okay. married. So. Okay. Awesome. I love that, though. I love that story that, you know, he was and waiting on you. That's the first time marriage is, too. See? So and that. Unusual. Yeah, yeah. That is. That is. God just had y'all for each other. Awesome. Okay. So, Leslie, so y'all got married and y'all, you know, get married later in life. And so did you realize that there was going to be maybe a struggle with infertility or did you just think you were going to you know, try to have kids right away, or what was your thought through that? Well, we knew that being married later in life, you know, brought our um, chances of getting mm-hmm. pregnant down some, but we didn't know the struggle that it would really be. Mm-hmm. So um, within a few months, we had decided, okay, let's start trying to get pregnant after mm-hmm. we got married, just mm-hmm. a few months after that. And so, you know, talked to the doctor, my OBGYN, and she was, you know, just, after probably a year, it was time to go, okay, let's do some testing. And mm-hmm. it was at that point that they shared with us, you know, both of us had some issues mm-hmm. and um, that our chances of getting pregnant, they said, were like 0.5%. You know? Wow. So, which we know God is bigger than 0.5%, and I yeah. knew that. Yeah. Um, so we never... You know, there went through. A, there was a lot of tears, and yet it made me seek the Lord more for what His mm-hmm. plan was. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, take us through that journey of maybe just realizing that it, you know, it's the point five percent, like you said, that God's way bigger than that. But tell us what was the biggest truth of going through that infertility, where you realized that, um, you know, God was growing you through it. What was the, the biggest truth that you learned through that? Hmm. You know, I remember it was a Wednesday that um, we had went to the doctor and they shared all this news with us. And I I don't know. I just remember that night about midnight going to to bed and not being able to sleep and getting up around midnight and going to the couch with my Bible and my journal. And I just said, God, I need to meet with you. And I did a lot of crying and a lot of praying. Um, and just saying, I just need peace. If you, you know, if you want my children to be the girls that I disciple, and I have such a heart for discipleship and for discipling these teenage girls and these college girls, if that's going to be my children, I just need a peace from you. Um, and so that was a Wednesday night, and I sat there, and I remember he gave me verse after verse. One of them mm-hmm. is Psalm 113. Team nine, and it says, I will set, settle the barren woman in her home mm-hmm. as a happy mother of children. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I wrote all these verses down. I still have them written to this day. And just every verse was on motherhood. That mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't something, I didn't do a word study on motherhood. Which right. Was big on word studies. Oh, I love them. Um, I love word studies. Just, me too. They're some of my all-time favorite. But that mm-hmm. night, I just felt like the Lord sat down on the couch with me just gave mm-hmm. me peace enough to go back to bed and be reminded that he was in control. And so the next morning I woke up, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was still a little frazzled. And mm-hmm. Normally I would go straight into the office and um, in the student ministry, but I knew that Miss Donna had a uh, Bible study. 
that morning on Thursday mornings, her discipleship group, and she'd always given me an open-ended, come up, come when you can mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I just was like, I need to be with women. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that you will just never forget. I call it stones of remembrance, mm-hmm. where you say, this is that stone that I remember the Lord spoke specifically. And so mm-hmm. I went over to the Bible study, had no idea what they were doing, mm-hmm. the discipleship, and... Um, sat down with them. There's probably about 20, 25 ladies in there, uh, which I have to preface to by saying three women in that Bible study had women, had babies in their forties. Can you believe that? Really? It was like one of those things that later on uh-huh. I, I realized this, that that was like, wow, God, you specifically even placed that part in there. Mm-hmm. Just those details. Um, I love it. Just details. Mm. Yes. And so, um, anyway, They said, okay, we're going to open up our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. And so we did, and it was all on Abraham and Isaac Mm. and Abraham talking with the Lord, saying, um, Lord, since I have no children, will my servant be the heir to Mm -hmm. my kingdom? And the specific words of the Lord in my NIV Bible Mm -hmm. was, no, you will have, your servant will not be an heir you will have a son coming from your own body. And I felt like the whole room disappeared that wow. night, that day. I was just like, I need, and so I could not wait to get out of that Bible study. That sounds bad, but to go home and tell my husband, mm-hmm. I really feel like the Lord had given us a word. Wow. And um, to this day, I can quote you that because mm-hmm. it was, I felt like it was a specific word for me, but I had prayed specifically, God, I need a word from you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's, no, that's perfect. I'll just stop there. I can talk yeah, a lot about it. No, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that that you can pinpoint exactly that word that he gave you because you asked for a word and he gave you and that was a that's a clear word. I mean, and we're still on the other side of that and you're like, that's a clear word right there for sure. Um okay, so and this kind of goes in there. What would you say to someone who is struggling? How did you go through that and how what would you say to her? What would be an encouraging word that you would say to that woman going through that? I would say, don't, excuse me, don't be afraid of your emotions, um, but fight them out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but a lot of times we, we get mad at the Lord and we close him off and we mm-hmm. kind of distance ourselves when things don't go the way we thought they were going to go or the way we planned them to go. And so I always go back to First Samuel chapter 1 with mm-hmm. Hannah, mm-hmm. where um, Hannah was, you know, dealing with her own infertility issues. And if you read chapter 1, you're going to see where it says, in bitterness of soul, she wept much and prayed to the Lord. So mm-hmm. she dealt with bitterness, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I love, I love walking myself through that or other women through those passages Because it said, she said, oh, Lord, if you'll only look upon your servant's misery. And it says she kept on praying. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it goes on, and Eli thought she was drunk and said, Mm -hmm. why have you been drinking? She said, not so, my Lord. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've Mm -hmm. been pouring out my soul to the Lord. And so, you know, and then the the next two, she says, I have been praying here out of my great anger and grief. And so every time I read that, I'm reminded of we as women have crazy emotions. And the mm-hmm. Lord is not, like, closed off by that. Wow. Because the thing Hannah did was 
she fought it out with the Lord. She mm. cried, she wept, she took mm. her bitterness, her anger, her great anger, her mm. grief, her misery, mm-hmm. and cried and prayed with the Lord. Mm. And I've learned so much from that, yeah. um, that the Lord loves us enough to know our emotions. Mm-hmm. And you begin, and it says she went away and she ate something, her face was no longer downcast. And the cool mm-hmm. thing was, is her circumstances had not changed, uh-huh. but her mindset had. She had freedom in the Lord. She still didn't have a child, she still, mm-hmm. but she went away in peace. And so to me, that was huge for me, that I could fight it out with the Lord, and he was he understood that part of me. That's a great word. That's a great word that um, anybody can take away. It's totally that mindset. You're right, because her circumstances hadn't changed, but her mindset had. I like that. So... Um, Tell me this. Okay, so you get married later in life. You desire children. You can't get pregnant. Now what? What? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, well, number one, we never quit trying. Right. (laughs) You know, you're just like, okay, Lord, you're still able, so we'll keep trying. Right. Um, But we also said, okay, are there any other options um, out there? And and I did actually get to mentor a teenage girl who um, had... It's a long story, but Mm -hmm. was pregnant and Mm -hmm. was wanting to put her baby up for adoption. And we met with an adoption um, lawyer and talked about that. Mm -hmm. And she ended up miscarrying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're on a journey, there's just going to be bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, Lord, that door closed. Uh, There there were just doors we kept praying. Okay. But there was one day or one week I'll never forget. And this was probably, we got married 2008, so I'm saying this is closer to 2009, like the spring or summer, and three times in one week, I read or heard about embryo adoption, and mm-hmm. so I was like, hmm. Um, so I, I remember reading an article, I don't even remember where I was, but I remember it was in a good housekeeping magazine. Oh, really? Wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I heard a um, focus on the family had a big thing on it. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine um, sent me a, a link one time and was like, "Hey, I want you to read this. I saw this, and I, I don't know why. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to send it to you. Wow! All on embryo adoption, all in one week. Wow! <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm listening. I'm getting I'm listening. it. I'm getting it. Wow." So me being the researcher I am, I began to research everything I could get my hands on. I mean, mm-hmm. I had folder after folder after folder, mm-hmm. and I presented it to my husband, and he was like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not as um, on board as I thought he would be. That's... And so, you know, being that spiritual person that I am, mm-hmm. uh-huh, yes. I um, I called a bunch of my godly mom friends mm-hmm. over one night for prayer for Ronnie and it actually backfired on me uh-uh. <laughs> that you know they, they was like Leslie you need to you need to put all that in the drawer and you never need to push him to do anything he's not ready to mm. do mm. and so I was like wow well, oh. that wasn't what I was expecting but <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh but I man. did that I did that I chose not to bring it up and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to push him to mm-hmm. do something because you know you you never want them questioning um should they have done something sure and so i put it in the drawer and didn't mention it for probably well i didn't mention it in a while but probably about i'm gonna say six or seven months later i've got it all written down somewhere all the dates but i won't go into dates but it's about six or seven months later um 
Ronnie ran into a couple that used to be in the singles department with him, and they were now married, and they were now pregnant through embryo adoption. Really? And so, yeah, so he was able to really sit and talk with them, and then he set up a time for us to have lunch with them after they had the baby. Like, they were due any day now. So okay. after the baby was born and was about a month old, I think he just needed to see a real human face with that. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but no, you know, yeah. embryo adoption is such a unique um, mm-hmm. new thing to him. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just a sweet time. I, mm-hmm. I giggle because I think I knew more than the lady who just had the baby because I have researched. Because all so you're researching. Much on this. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're a true teacher, elementary <laughs> teacher, you know, we're going to research yeah, everything. So we are, we are. So it was, a, it was fun to mm-hmm. just kind of watch God again unfold out mm-hmm. in his timing. Mm-hmm. And it just taught, taught me, you know, those sweet ladies taught me so much about, um, Laying it down. Keep praying, but, mm-hmm. you know, God does not need us to manipulate his plan. And mm-hmm. I, as a woman, it's so easy for us to manipulate. So mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Well, what? when was the point of when y'all decided this is the right way? Like, there was a piece in his heart, a piece in your heart where it was like, this is this is the path we need to take. We went through that summer and without making any decisions. Mm-hmm. And then around the fall, you know, we talked about it more, though. We did, and I researched for him, and I showed him all I'd researched. Mm -hmm. And, okay, this is another thing we had to lay down. Most adoption agency, and this is interesting, but most adoption agency, including embryo adoption, will not talk with you about adoption until you've been married three years. Really? And so we, that's another reason we didn't pursue it at that time, because we would not have been married um, three years until April of um, the next 2010. Oh. That let, no, 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So okay. that was that was interesting for mm-hmm. us that we had to wait mm-hmm. that. So, but we called them. And they called and we. I say them. The NEDC is the National Embryo Donation Center located in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, do you want kind of the background of how they came to be so you'll understand? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, when people do IVF, mm-hmm. they a lot of times create a lot more embryos than they need. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they have to choose what they want to do with the embryos. And the NEDC is a pro-life mm-hmm. and Christian organization. And so, people can donate embryos to other couples. It's amazing. Um, and so I know it's crazy, isn't it? And so there's over 500,000 frozen embryos out there right now. Wow. And not all of those will be up for adoption because people will go back and, and you know, that that have done the IVF and, and try to have more of their own children. Gotcha. But many couple, I mean, there's many times they will create up to 12 to 15 embryos. And mm-hmm. then they have to decide what they want to do with those embryos. And mm-hmm. so they can donate them to sci- to science. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid they don't do that. Right. Or they can just let them die. Mm-hmm. Or they can donate them to other couples. And so the NEDC is where they can donate them to. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, so we went through the NEDC. We called mm-hmm. them in December 2010. They said mm-hmm. we could go ahead and start our home study. We did have to do a home study. Okay. And even though in the state of Tennessee, um, embryo adoption is not really considered adoption, 
um, mm -hmm. we had to do it for the NADC, but in the state of Tennessee, it's sad to say that embryo adoption is actually considered a transfer of property. Isn't that sad? Wow. That breaks my heart, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, therefore, we didn't have to necessarily go before a judge like okay. you would in a normal Adoption, adoption, but we did have to have a, a home study and, mm -hmm. you know, get all the letters of recommendation and mm -hmm. all that for the NEDC and let her come and, you know, look at her home and all of right. that. So um, we had that completed in March of 2011, mm -hmm. and our anniversary was on April 12, 2012, and we met with the NEDC with everything already done on um, the 14th. Uh, we went to Gatlinburg for our anniversary and just stayed in Knoxville and went over there and met with them. Mm -hmm. And, there, you know, there, of course, there's a lot of invasive stuff to check my body and make sure I can carry a baby and all of that. But mm -hmm. we had our embryos adopted by May. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. So a month later, we had a, we actually could have had them transferred in July, but Ronnie mm -hmm. wanted to wait till the summer was over. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, so they do them every other month. Okay. And so in September of 2011, we had three beautiful embryos transferred into my womb. And okay. I had to go through a lot during the summer also to get ready for that. Sure. A lot of shots, shots and, mm -hmm. you know. Medicine. There's a whole, whole gamut of things oh, yeah. you have to go through. Um, so it's like it. Like in the beginning, it would be like you were going through the IVF process with the shots Absolutely. and everything, not the retrieval yeah. part of it, but but the shots and everything to get ready, and then um, and then the where they where they put the embryos in to get ready for that. Yeah, and so it was really just a you know I, it was a it was a beautiful experience in all honesty. Mm -hmm. The NEDC was amazing to work with. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Keenan was our doctor, mm -hmm. and he was he was fabulous. And so um, we had three sibling embryos that we adopted and okay. transferred in. And, man, those babies were prayed over, let me tell you. Oh, I have to say this. You know, discipleship is my heart. Mm -hmm. And um, that day, I had been discipling several girls, and they walked through this process with me, high school, college girls, mainly mm. college girls at that time. Mm -hmm. And do you know that day, three girls fasted and prayed all day on behalf wow. of these embryos. Wow. It, it's just to me, I just always think back to that. Mm -hmm. And two girls went, and during the hour that we were doing the transfer, the doctor was doing the transfer, they were in the prayer room praying mm. during that hour. Mm. So, you know, it's just that, again, I get teary-eyed when I think about the whole thing mm. because just the fact that, you know, that God knew exactly who who we were going, you know, before the beginning of time, who we, we were going to get to parent, but how many people got to be a part of that journey mm. with me sometimes is overwhelming, so. And that's what I was going to ask you, how, that's <laughs> awesome, that is amazing, and their, their faith was strengthened strengthen through that when they see what you're going through and they're fasting and praying and these are college girls that's huge they were they were it was huge to me it, it was, my faith was strengthened through them and sure, so sure. i will forever be indebted to wow. just how many people um that well and i will say this we went up there it was a tuesday but on sunday night before my husband's birthday is the 18th and um our son was our the embryos were transferred on the 20th mm -hmm. But the, on the 18th, 
we had a bunch of people, uh, well, several, about six couples over to kind of celebrate Ronnie's birthday, but it was more as they prayed over us. Mm-hmm. It was six couples we wanted to pray over us before mm-hmm. we went. Mm-hmm. And so just the, the amount of people that we just tried to involve, and this is, mm-hmm. we feel like, what God has called us to do. And so mm-hmm. it was just a unique, fun journey mm-hmm. that I just feel like the Lord kind of always takes me down the long road, but it's okay. <laughs> well, and I was going to ask you how open, it seemed like y'all are very open about this. And that's what a lot of people, I know when I first was going through infertility, I would, was it, I didn't share it for a couple years. So I love how open y'all are about that you were about it and now are. I mean, you're, you've been open the whole time about it. And so I, 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 I think that's the only way to do it. Honestly, looking back, I wish I had opened up earlier, you know? So I like right. that. I appreciate that about y'all. So love how open oh, y'all were. Wow. Thanks for letting us share. And I do mm-hmm. feel like God has allowed me to be a voice in different mm-hmm. ways because we are so pro-life and believe that life begins at conception mm-hmm. and that these, um, many people call, um, at the frozen orphanage, you know, really? where all these little, little, mm-hmm. uh, babies mm-hmm. are waiting to be adopted. And so, uh, it's been really fun. The numbers of women in the last four years since my husband, my, well, five years since my husband and I went through this journey, but four years mm-hmm. since my son Hudson was born, um, that I've gotten to talk to that through either, even just this week, I got to, I had a, a girl email me about seven questions about embryo adoption. Mm-hmm. So I just sat down and typed out, you know, the answers that I felt like the Lord wanted. And I've had numerous phone calls just because people are want, I don't know, you know, there is, I, adoption is beautiful in any mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. But as a woman, for me, it was a joy to get to go through mm-hmm. the birth process. You mm-hmm. know, I just. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Not everybody enjoyed their debate, but for me, it was just, right. I did. I enjoyed right. every bit of it. Well, and back to the word the Lord gave you at that, at that Thursday morning Bible study, you knew, you know, that was the word he gave you that you desired to give birth. You know, you wanted to do that. You know, from the moment they, and when we went for our first ultrasound and, you know, we knew we were pregnant, but we just didn't know how many, how many we were Yeah, pregnant. I was going to ask that too. And, yeah. And so when they told me, you know, I mean, there was there was grief mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that God had chosen to take um, two mm-hmm. of these babies, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there was joy that we knew we were pregnant. And I will tell you, I don't even know how to explain it, but I never doubted that I was having a son because the Lord had given me a word. Yeah, that, I mean, I we didn't even have a girl name picked out. It was wow. just he's a boy, it's yeah, a boy, yeah. and we, we found out we found out we were pregnant in uh, on October fourth. 2011 and found out that it was a boy on January 10th, 2012. And so we had a big reveal party and all that, you know, so it was really fun. Well, that's great. I love how you like explained it because at first, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion about it or maybe just not clear facts about what embryo adoption is
I just it's it mind boggling. Um, if you go to the if you go to the NEDC page um, I, on the Facebook page, I follow them. But they mm-hmm. had, just had three triplet, beautiful <gasps> little African American girls born, oh. and they had been frozen as embryos. I want to say it's either. 14 or 16 years. Really? See, I didn't even know this was existing. I'm just, yeah, I'm late to the party. But, whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. How exciting. I just thought that was interesting. That is. I really didn't think it existed that long ago, honestly. Our son had been frozen about three years. Okay, okay. That is. Okay, so he's now, he just turned four, and so life is just energetic and just joyful, and you're just... Grateful to God and yes. awesome. Every day, every mm-hmm. night when I pray over him, I just, mm-hmm. I will be honest. I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me mm-hmm. to be his mommy, mm-hmm. you know, because he is such a gift. Mm-hmm. He is such That's a right. fun little gift and a sweet spirit. So That's you right. know that. You have a son. We I all know, know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About our baby boys. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. feel that. We feel that. Especially going through infertility. You just... You know, just grab a hold of those. Something about their boys and their mamas, too. Woo, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yes. Woo. It gets sweet. you hard. It gets you. It gets you. Okay, well, thanks for telling me that part of your story. And now I'm kind of going to move into this part where recently you started a new page on Instagram. And I'm loving it. I love Instagram. Like, it's just like, at first, I, like, years ago, I was like, no social media. I don't do social media. And then I did Instagram, and I was like, oh, I like this. It's one picture and then all the words, you know. And then I started doing Facebook last month so, or a couple months ago. So I'm just all in now. Um, but, okay, so your, <laughs> so your Instagram that you do, um, kind of like from your past of being um, in education, that it's called Playing to Learn. And tell me about how you started that and why you started that. I love it, by the way. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for the encouragement because, you know, you're always like, do they think I'm crazy for no, doing this? No, um, I think it's great. I was, an elementary, I was an elementary school teacher for 10 years. And um, even as a school teacher, I look back like, I know kids learn better from movement. I would take mm. my kids. If I saw they were getting bored, I'd stand them up and say, okay, let's go outside and then make them run relays for five minutes and then come back in. Yeah. They need movement, you know, in learning. And so... I'm not a big, um, and I know there's a place for everything, you know, God's Word says there's a time for everything and every Mm -hmm. activity under the sun, so there is a time for worksheets, but at four years old, no, there's Mm -hmm. not a big time for worksheets, Mm -hmm. you know, and so um, I just love doing things outside as much as possible, Mm hands-on learning, Mm -hmm. and so... I just, I don't know, a few of my friends have said, show me what you're doing with Hudson. And, and I, I, they told me that they actually liked my ideas. And so I just started putting them on a little Instagram account. I love it. I <laughs> so love it. just kind of to share out there. And they're just simple, very easy, um, don't take a lot of time, don't take right. resources. We use a lot of sidewalk chalk and... Uh, you know, the fence post if we need to, to just do fun learning. Things. My favorite is when you did, I mean, you have, like, all of them are great. I'm like, oh, I love this. I love this. Because I taught four-year-old kindergarten, five-year-old kindergarten, but four-year-old kindergarten was my heart. I mean, I just loved it so much. But I love how you used, like you said, the fence post. You used your fence, and you drew, um, I think, the letters of the alphabet or numbers, and he had to, like, take a flash swatter and, and tap it or something. It was great. I loved it uh, because you used your backyard. You used chalk. It was something we all have, 
And it was just something that we could do with our kids that day. No matter if they, you know, are they on the young part of preschool, on the older part, you could do that one for sure. Any level. You could do numbers, letters, shapes, colors, whatever. And, and, and when I taught first grade, I used to do that. I would write the words on the whiteboard. Mm, and right. And yeah. give them a fly swat. And, I mean, uh-huh. you would be shocked at how much more they pay attention. Yes. You know. Swatting that saying, thing. <laughs> yes, because they're getting to actually move. And mm-hmm. if they hit, and I would do sight words or spelling words mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I love it. They could they hit it. And mm-hmm. so the other, if they hit the wrong one, the whole class, no, that was it. You know, <laughs> so it's just a really big involvement thing. Yeah, so, I love I didn't it. really have a whiteboard, and I'm fine with that. We just yeah. did it on on the fence I loved it I loved it I thought that was great just doing it yeah on the fence I loved it I love that all right so tell us where we can where can we find it on Instagram what's it called it's just called playing to learn playing to learn with the T-O not the number two okay playing to learn learn. okay y'all need to follow her she's great she posts a lot and a lot of uh, interactive everything's interactive and it's great stuff you can do at your home and I'm even, taking, I have kind of backed off a little bit in the summer. We're yeah. just doing a lot of swimming and running and oh, playing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but we will definitely get it, get it, you know, I'm trying to do one one or two or three a week. But oh, yeah. No, that's during great. During the fall, we'll start back up. Right. I think everybody kind of chills out in the summer, so that's All awesome. Right. Okay, and tell us, where else can we find your writing? Your writing, um, your blogging, What? where can we find you? You're so sweet. Now, I have the opportunity to write for... Um, a mom blog that I absolutely love, started mm-hmm. by Lindsay Wingo and Allie Gaines, and, or, oh, sorry, Allie Hill now, but um, yes, and it's at missionalmotherhood.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I write about once every two months, so okay. I don't do a lot of writing because, okay. um, number one, busy. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, sometimes I need to get my priorities in order and do more, but I yeah. do love writing, so That's it's fun good. to just get to... to Try to spur moms on them where you are in life. And most of mine are going to, you're going to hear from my experiences in life. Not that I have mommyhood together at all. I'm so, None of us do. So <laughs> learning. I'm in the learning process myself. So, but I always try to incorporate, you know, passages and scriptures that God has shown me from. So God's word is, is perfect. And that, that's what we need to go for our guidance. So. I love that. I love um, reading those. I get them sent to my email. You can go to their website and sign up to get their email alerts. And um, you can follow them on Facebook. You, there's many places that you can get them. But I love getting my email in the morning and reading that. And it's just any any of them are pertinent to my life. I don't care I if it's talking about yeah. college, you know, sending your kids to college or a, a child that's strayed away from the Lord or strayed away from the family. It Everything always makes a mark on my heart every time I read one. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, well, I it's think a great blog. we as moms are looking for other moms to spur us on. Yeah. To know that we are not alone in this journey and that mm-hmm. failures are just opportunities for to right. be stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. So, mm, I like know, that. Yeah. I like that. Stepping stones, not step, not stumbling blocks. I like that. I'm writing that down. Um, I love it. Okay, so here's some questions I like to ask all my guests, and these are just like light, lighthearted questions, Um, and I'm going to answer them too. So, Um, what is your favorite snack you are enjoying right now? Mm. Okay, don't laugh. 
but I'm big into juicing right now. Really? Okay. Yeah. <gasps> Which I one love, do you have? I love to juice, and okay. so I will juice apples and oranges and pineapple with mm. spinach and okay. Okay. And broccoli and whatever. You know, I try to put two or three fruits and two or three veggies. So that I'm is really, so healthy. That, it, well, you know, I kind of went through not feeling so good for so long that mm-hmm. I started changing some habits in my life. Mm-hmm. But juicing has become, like, one of my favorite things to do every day. Just awesome. keep a good, a good, but, but not to say that I don't enjoy my M&M's. Okay? Oh. I still eat my M&M's. <laughs> M&M's I got some in my pantry right now. I got some in there. So, yeah. Well, um, okay, so juicing, it's really juice. It's not like, because sometimes I'll make like a smoothie, but this is like juice, like juice like you would drink in the morning, like your orange juice. It is. Awesome. It is. Yes. And it's, just, it's really good, especially if you add your good fruits. fruits. So, yeah, got to have a little fruit in there. Okay, just Hudson and Ronnie, do they like it too? They do. Now, okay. Hudson, Hudson and I probably don't put, I'll put some carrots in uh-huh. there and uh-huh. some orange and apple and he'll drink that but if you add stuff that's green he just thinks it's nasty uh-huh. yucky when he would try even so. when it tastes good if it if I they mean, see it's green they're like mm, not that's happening it, that's it, so. <laughs> okay but ronnie and i drink it every morning so. okay that's super healthy i'm impressed i'm super well impressed. i mean you know I like i said we still do our m&ms and our pizza and stuff yeah. but we do yeah. add the healthy m&ms yeah you gotta add it yeah gotta add a little of it Alice. i love it Good. I love that. Okay. Well, my favorite snack, I'm trying to think. I, like I do crackers and cheese all the time. I kind of backed off on cheese lately, but, um, I'm all about just the salting. Just, that's mm. just it. Salting and peanut butter too. I'm all about peanut butter and crackers and saltines. I mean, can't uh, get better I can eat triscuits all day long. Yes. That trisket, that's yes. good. I haven't had those in a while. I like those. Mm, that sounds good. Okay. Now what is a book? you are reading right now that you really like or that you've read in the past um, recently that you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. You know what? It's a book called, um, this is another thing. I actually work um, two days a week in biblical counseling. So I have to kind of refresh my mind, but um, I think it's a book that anybody and everybody should read. And it's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand. Mm. And it's called Hurting People, Helping Hurting People. And it's by, his last name is Tripp, T-R-I-P-P, uh-huh. Paul Tripp. Okay. I think it's I've a powerful to... book. Okay. It is such a powerful book. I can't even begin to tell you how everybody needs to read that. Well, even parents, you know, mm. if you're dealing with your own hurts, it's easy to put those hurts on your child. Mm. And so this is just, he just, it's a, it's an easy read. But yeah, okay, that's my book. I'll be quiet. No, no, no I want to hear, I've never, okay, it's Hurting People, Helping People. What is Hurt, it? Hurting people, helping hurting people, but it's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands is the title of it. I have book. never heard of this. This sounds amazing. It really is. It really is. I'm writing so, it down. Um, oh. Just being reminded, you don't have to have it all together to help people mm. because God is their ultimate. He's He's the Redeemer, mm. um, but we can be instruments in His hand, and so... It's I love that. Book. I, I recommend it to everybody. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, I write that down. Awesome. Um, all right, I'm reading a book. I'm a big uh, blog reading person. Like I read oh, blogs oh, a lot, and I I used to blog. I still have one, but I haven't updated it. Just kind of our family, and then I did one on infertility. So I have two different ones. But um, I'm reading one of a blogger that I follow. She lives in Alabama. She lives in uh, Birmingham, and it's called Giddy Up Eunice. And it is such an encouraging book about women and how we need to encourage other women. I'm like, 
perfect. That's what the podcast is about. So I'm reading that. I started that. I'm kind of like saving it. You know how you get a book and you're like saving it? Like I want to read it, but I'm like, I don't want to read the whole thing because then it's going to be over. Like it's, it, she's. It's one of those. It's one of those books that you could read. I could read okay, in a day. I'll put that on my, I, seriously, I would definitely put yeah. that. Because I need one of those really good. Yes. And these are like good and heartwarming and she's funny, but she's like, Absolutely. we need each other. And it's. It's great. I can't wait to um What is her name? Her name is Sophie Hudson and she's so named funny. she's um her blog is called Boo Mama. And okay, okay, and then she has another friend that they met online and her name's Big Mama. They're like my two favorite bloggers ever. And I'll read all their books. This is her third book. And anyway, it's just great. It's a good lighthearted, but it's good just about encouraging women. I'm like, that's where I'm at right now. That's what my goal is right now. So, um, and she's funny. I actually heard her interviewed on a podcast. (gasps) Did you? I'll have to send you that one. Yeah, 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 Uh, yeah. I I love, I love I just didn't realize, I didn't, I don't think I realized she lived in Birmingham. She does. I went. I'm an Alabama girl. Oh, that's right. You are. Yes. She's in Birmingham. (laughs) And she actually, um. She and the other blogger had a book signing last last May, and I took I told Jim I was like I really want to go there. I want to do that. He drove me to Birmingham, and we went to that book signing so I could meet those two women. I mean, you go, girl. I was so you exciting, go. and so that's what I'm reading right now. But I've got literally I have a stack right here that I need I need to get back to. But. Have you ever heard of the blog We Are That Family? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I read hers a lot. So yes. I haven't read well. it in years, but I saw her on Instagram recently. I was like, why am I not following her? I used to read her blog. But well, have... she has a book that I read. <gasps> I actually went on a mission trip and, um, yeah, did you read it? No, I just saw it and it sounds amazing. What's the title? It's something really good. We, um, Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. Oh, yes. Yeah. That it sounds... was how I loved it. I loved it. I read it. I, once I got on the plane in Costa Rica heading home, I was on a mission trip with my dad, and um, I started it, and by the time I landed, I closed it. I had read the whole I thing. I bet. So good. Just as, you know, as a mom, wanting, mm-hmm. knowing that we live in a very blessed country, mm-hmm. and how do you not spoil your only child, mm-hmm. and how do you know, mm-hmm. how do you keep... And so she just gave really good practical insight. That's so great. I highly recommend that. I need, I need to read that for sure. Having an only child and being an only child and married to an only child, we need some of that book. <laughs> <laughs> Especially raising our son. So for I sure. Get it. Yes, I'm going to have to I get, get that. <laughs> okay. So last question. How are you keeping it real this week? playing in the sandbox and jumping mm. on the trampoline and yes. today we've been in the swimming pool. So, yes, I love it. You know, right now I was just giggling a while ago as I came in here I thought, yeah, my laundry's piled up mm-hmm. and there's dishes in my sink mm-hmm. but yep. I have fun with my little boy and Same. you know, I know that it's going I'm old enough to know in my late stage of life that it goes by really fast so mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. do what you can but yeah, yeah enjoy the moment. I like that. Yeah. I remember somebody saying that where they won't remember, and people used to tell tell me this as a teacher. They would say they don't remember all what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were out in the pool on the slide today, and yeah, are the toys still here in the floor not picked up? Yeah. We usually pick them up before bedtime. We didn't tonight. We went, and it's just like, you know, we played outside, and it's okay. So, it is okay. Thank you for reminding me that too. I mean, you know, you just yeah, you, you don't get these. You know, 
I yeah. just appreciate them. Keeping, <laughs> keeping it real. That's right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leslie, for talking to us. I know everybody heard um, nuggets of wisdom of, through the process of adopting through embryo adoption, but just um, you're such a good mom, and we look up to you. I realize that I'm an older mom raising moms with all y'all cute younger ones. Oh. Y'all keep me young, and I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh yeah, I forget I'm 46. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> you know, you just, because I get to hang out with all y'all cute, yeah. fun young moms, Listen, and it's just mm-hmm. great. No, I, I turned 37 yesterday, so I'm not quite I'm not chipper like I used to be. <laughs> but um, oh, girl, you but are young. Sweet. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, thanks for staying up a little later for me because this oh, was perfect. I loved it. I loved perfect. It. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and I can't wait um, to share it with everybody. So, thanks for joining me, Leslie. Thank you, Rand. Thanks for doing this. I'm excited. Oh, that was so good to talk with her. I really enjoyed hearing Leslie's story, and I hope you enjoyed listening too. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at Friends of a Feather page and also on Instagram at Friends of a Feather podcast and also on iTunes. If you search for Friends of a Feather, we would love if you would go and write a review for our podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.